0: On this episode of the Jeff Does Vegas podcast.
1: A few years ago, we started watching some uh, Vegas YouTube videos, and it was really cool for us because we didn't get to go as often as we would like. And you're watching it on a you know a big flat screen TV and you, you just kind of feel like you're there. And we thought, you know, that would be a lot of fun to do. And there's no reason why we couldn't do that. Why don't we just give that a shot?
0: Las Vegas. It's more than just a city, it's a feeling. It's that feeling of excitement when you spot the lights of the Strip out the airplane window. It's that feeling of awe as you stroll down the boulevard, taking in the sights and sounds. And it's that feeling of satisfaction, knowing that you're in the greatest city in the world. Over 42 million people from around the world share that feeling every year. And I'm one of them. Taking you to the world-famous Vegas Strip and beyond, my name is Jeff. And this is the Jeff Does Vegas podcast. Hey there, and welcome to episode number 96 of Jeff Does Vegas. Before we get into this episode of the podcast, I want to take a moment to thank my guest from the last episode Best of Vegas award winning trumpeter, composer, producer, and conductor, David Perico. In addition to being the creator and arranger of Pop Evolution and Pop Strings Orchestra, David is also the band leader for the official house band at Allegiant Stadium for each and every Las Vegas Raiders home game. We talked about his musical background, his time in Las Vegas, and what it's like performing in front of 65,000 screaming NFL fans. If you haven't had a chance to listen as of yet, check it out in the archives at jeffdoesvegas.com or search out episode number 95, my special guest, David Perico, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, let's do this. I absolutely love having other Vegas content creators on the podcast. It's always a blast having conversations with people who are as equally as or even more passionate about Las Vegas than I am. My guests for this episode are Jordan and Ashton, the creators and hosts of Show Me Vegas on YouTube. Hailing from Missouri, the show-me state, the couple makes frequent trips to Las Vegas, sharing their adventures in vlogs posted to their 3,500-plus subscribers. They do room tours and hotel walkthroughs, restaurant and show reviews, and most recently, Jordan has begun sharing a weekly Vegas news update entitled, appropriately enough, This Week in Vegas. We talked about what sparked their love of Vegas, what inspired them to start vlogging their Vegas adventures, some of their favorite spots to stay and play, and much more. Please enjoy my conversation with Jordan and Ashton of Show Me Vegas.
1: We're just your average, you know, Midwestern couple, just a uh, just a run of the mill couple from Missouri. We both grew up in Missouri. That's where we got the name for our, uh, for our Facebook page and our YouTube channel, Show Me Vegas. Missouri is the Show Me state, and uh, not a lot of people probably know that, but that's how we chose Show Me Vegas. We wanted to put a little bit of local flavor into our name. And, and I grew up in Springfield. Springfield's claims to fame are Bass Pro Shops, Cashew Chicken, and Brad Pitt. And a little interesting side note, I went to the same high school as Brad Pitt, he is a lot older than me, so you can probably lot. tell that watching our videos, but I did not know him. But, uh, you know, he did go to my high school and um,
2: and I'm actually from a very small town about an hour and a half to hours north of Springfield. It's a population, I think, is of 2000. Um, and if there's anybody who lives who's listening that watches or who's a fan of the Netflix series, Ozark, I actually. Literally grew up on Lake of the Ozarks, you could see it outside my front door. So that's, that's where I grew up. So <laughs> yeah, but um,
1: we're, like I said, we're just a very average couple just a normal Midwestern family. Uh, you know, when I'm, I'm working, I'm working in the finance industry banking more specifically,
2: uh, I work in healthcare nurse practitioner and orthopedic surgery. So, and we're, when we're not working, we've got two boys that keep us very uh, busy with their sports and, and all their school
1: activities. So, <laughs> which makes it all the more uh, relaxing when we finally do get to get away yes. and get to Vegas. So,
0: And something that I kind of love about your guys' videos is that you are right in my wheelhouse in that normally if you jump on YouTube and you start looking for Vegas videos and and Vegas travel vlogs. You come across—it's a bunch of really young, attractive people who are partying it up at the clubs, and they're spending money that you have no idea how they got. It's it's, just—it's—it's not my Vegas vacation. And again, like you guys, as I say, are right in my wheelhouse with what you're doing. I love it.
1: Yeah, and I feel like you might have just taken a shot at our looks there. I think i get what you're saying I, I do feel a little bit offended by that comment, but uh you know that's fair i think that's fair to say
2: <laughs> yeah no we're we're definitely and and, and later on we'll kind of tell um you know as far as we by any means we've not you know we're we're definitely not the people who first stayed at a cosmo or you know these huge we we've definitely grown as we've gone to vegas um but no we're not we're not necessarily those those young couples who you don't know where they actually got anything from so
0: <laughs> I, I i'm i'm lumping myself into that same looks category though so you know don't
2: don't feel too
0: bad don't feel bad at all about that um what is it that keeps bringing you back to Las Vegas? This is a question that I get asked all the time. I mean, pre-COVID, I was doing seven, eight trips a year and people would always say, how can you possibly go somewhere that often? Like, How can you enjoy it? What is it that that keeps taking you back there? So I'll hit you guys with the question. What is it that keeps bringing you back to Vegas?
2: Honestly, I think for us, it's the variety of things to do. We have been there Several times, and I feel like we still haven't scratched the surface. I mean, as far as shows and and restaurants and just you know things to do there it's 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 always changing first off, and then it, even when it hasn't changed, there's just an immense amount of things to do out there it, it's It's unreal
1: <laughs> yeah, I think people who aren't as familiar with Vegas have this misconception that you're just mm-hmm. having the same trip over and over again, and with Vegas, there is so much to do. you can go. 20 times and not do the same thing twice. And then by then there's new restaurants and new shows and new attractions that weren't even there the first time you went or even say five years ago. So, you know, they talk about Vegas being the city that's constantly reinventing itself. And that's the thing that I think makes it lends it to a repeat traveler like us. You know, we can go there as many times as our schedules will allow and never get tired of it. At least we haven't to this point. And as a matter of fact, I think we just like it more every time we go.
0: And was it love at first sight with Las Vegas for you guys? Because I know this happens to a lot of people and I'm kind of in the same boat. It takes them a few trips to actually warm up. They go that first time and it's like, yeah, I really like this. This is great. But I I don't know if I want to come back very often. And then the next thing you know, they're coming back five or six times a year. So, So how was it for you guys?
1: You know, I'll answer that one first. For me, it absolutely was. I had not ever been there until I was 29 years old. And, you know, I I was familiar with uh, a lot of the Vegas movies. Vegas Vacation was a big one. I loved it. And so I knew a lot about the city and I knew it was a place I was going to enjoy just from the sheer spectacle of it. And the first time I ever went there, just walking the strip for the first time just absolutely blew me away. And, you know, I walked on my first trip, I walked by myself from the MGM Grand, all the way up to Circus Circus and back in one evening. And I felt like it just flew by. I couldn't believe what I was looking at. You know, coming from a mid-sized city in the Midwest, having never seen anything like that before, it blew me away. I knew it was a place I was going to come back to a lot. At the time, I didn't have the means to come back very often. But I knew it was a place that, you know, as I got older and and had a little bit more, you know, means to do that, it was a place I, I was going to want to come back to.
2: Yeah, I mean, for me, um, I will say I, I guess our first trip together was in 2013. And that was my first time actually going and um, I, I, I fell in with it right away, I could see where someone would be a little, you know, I, I think, like Jordan was saying, at first, we didn't have as much as the means to kind of do all the things that we would have normally done. And so, um, but for me, I, I love um, history and I love the history of Vegas. And I feel like Vegas is one of those places where, you know, there's, there's the history and then there's the new and they can combine together. Um, you can get a little bit of everything there. And so that's, that's what really drew me in at first was the history. Um, and honestly, yeah, I mean, it was kind of, it was definitely love at first sight, I think for both of us. So.
1: Yeah. And i I'll, I'll say I'm a Vegas nerd <laughs> in that. I love to know, you know, I love, the history of, you know, this is what used to be on this property. And yeah. the very first time I went, I'd already done all that research. I knew who owned everything. I knew what used to be on that site. He you was know, kind of my
2: built-in tour guide. <laughs> yeah, I, I
1: have a lot of friends that, that kind of call me their Vegas tour guide. And a lot of people ask me, you know, advice if they're going out there, if they don't go very often or they've never been, you know, they consider me the, to be the Vegas tour guide because I could be walking down the strip with a friend and i will be like, you know, that used to be, you know, the stardust or, you know, whatever it might be. And um So, yeah, to to answer your question, I think for both of us, it was love at first sight.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm exactly the same way. I'm the king of useless information, not just (laughs) Vegas related, but in general on so many different things. And it, it drives my wife or anybody else that I go to Vegas with nuts because we will be walking down the strip and I will spout off some random useless fact about Mm -hmm. something I saw in a movie or something I read online or something in a book or whatever. So I'm right there with you. I completely get that and completely understand
2: (laughs) Yeah, that that is absolutely Jordan.
0: (laughs) um, On average, how many trips a year do you guys get uh, down to Las Vegas?
1: So right now we're up to about four trips a year. Um, you know, we, We've been twenty times together, so that's twenty for her. I had been twice before we went for our first trip together and, then you've
2: been- and I
1: actually have been once this year without her. I actually a buddy of mine, and I took the junket to uh, Laughlin and then rented a car and drove to Vegas from there and played golf. So I've been four times this year. she's only been three, I guess, but on average it takes about four times a year, and we would absolutely go more if we lived within driving distance to Vegas, I think we'd probably go every six weeks. Uh, And I think we probably still wouldn't get tired of it.
0: Yeah. Do you have that dream of, um, of actually living in Las Vegas? I know my wife and I have many times seriously considered real estate in Las Vegas and, and it's still somewhere in the back of our minds, maybe as a retirement plan. Is that something you guys have thought about?
1: It absolutely Absolutely. is (laughs) for years now we've been saying, and I have a target retirement date. I can kind of retire early with my current job. And um, you know, she, since she's in healthcare, you know, she'll never get
2: to retire, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but but she can get a job anywhere. In right, the health, job relocation So mm-hmm. yeah, we have, we plan to live there one day now, you know, with the current way, <laughs> real estate is, is going through the roof, especially in Vegas, that's starting to fade a little bit, but at the very least, you know, we want to move somewhere to where we can drive to Vegas and not yeah. have to be at the whim of flight cancellations. And, I, and I, it's a lot cheaper. Yeah. And
2: I hate to complain of, Cold, (laughs) considering, Um, but I definitely want to live somewhere where it's warmer. You know, not to say year-round because Vegas does get cold, but not like again. I don't want to complain. We live in Missouri. You live in Canada, but um, anyway, (laughs) like I said, (laughs) but you know, somewhere where you can enjoy the outdoors, you know, year-round, essentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah, some
0: like you say. I mean, it does cool down and it gets colder, and yeah, sure, you need a jacket, but I mean, for us. I send pictures of my backyard to my Vegas friends in the middle of February when there's a foot of snow and it's 40 below, and they just look at these photos and say, like, I don't understand how you even live there. Like, how is that?
2: <laughs> I don't understand how it either. I,
0: do it. <laughs> um, I always like to hear the stories of first trips to Vegas because I know from my own experience, my wife and I, our first trip to Vegas We stayed at Circus Circus, which I mean, we did because we were young and we were poor and it was cheap. Um, We made all the classic Vegas mistakes. We paid full price for show tickets. We nearly got sucked into a timeshare presentation. We All of the things that you're not supposed to do, we did. Tell me about your guys' very first Vegas trip.
1: Yeah, our first trip to Vegas is, I think, still one of our most memorable, and it was it was almost entirely a good experience. It was in 2013, and uh, the uh, the My Vegas game it was almost a brand new thing at that time. And I mentioned before we we had a lot more modest means at that time, and so I started playing that My Vegas game a few months out from our trip, and uh, we made a haul on that trip. That game had a lot better a lot better rewards back in those days. And we really took advantage of that. We stayed at the Monte Carlo. And so the Monte Carlo holds a special place in our hearts is, I don't know if Circus Circus is that way for you (laughs) no, because it's a little bit different, but uh, we stayed at the Monte Carlo. And to this day, we love park MGM. We just have a, we just have a, we feel connection to it because of that trip. Um, But we did so many things on that trip that we, we probably otherwise wouldn't have been able to afford to do. We had some really nice meals. We, um, Ate at the Wind Buffet, which was a huge splurge for us at that time.
2: It wasn't, but we messed up.
1: Well, we'll get to that. <laughs> but um, we saw, we saw Beatles Love and Zoomanity, and both of those were totally free through MyVegas. You know, that's, a, that's hundreds of dollars in show tickets that we wouldn't have otherwise been able to do. So in that respect, I think we did that trip right in that we made, you know, we made our dollar stretch a lot further than we otherwise would have. She really enjoys talking about that first trip to Zumanity <laughs> at New York, New York, <laughs> Yeah, because Jordan, I got pulled up on stage.
2: Jordan got pulled up on stage on that trip. And um, anyway, you know, they, so he got pulled up and towards the end of the show and they literally laid him down this and at that, t- the stage sp- spun around. And so there were these um, people that kept, they were unbuttoning his shirt. They had him laying on pillows and unbuttoned his belt and all the while, there was one person on the stage who kept their eyes on me the entire time and kind of kept giving me a thumbs up, thumbs down. I'm assuming because people, maybe the spouse has gotten upset in the past, um, you know, with what they're doing. I didn't care. I gave two thumbs up. I'm like, go with what you want. I don't <laughs> care. Like, Do whatever you want. I do not care. And um, I don't know if I've ever seen Jordan as more embarrassed <laughs> his life <laughs> it was all right I'd,
1: I'd had a few libations to that point so I was loosened up pretty good but it was funny because on the way out of the show I had numerous people come up to me and be like you're the guy that got pulled up on stage yeah. I'm like, oh, that was me that was that was you <laughs> so, but you know that that trip that trip was awesome and that one like I said that was her first trip and like we said it was, was love at first sight and we had so much fun on that one we couldn't wait to come back and it was a little while before. It, we were able to come back just, just monetarily, but um, that trip was awesome. Yeah, and like we did said, mess that
2: up before we went to the wind buffet, though. That was the one thing that we did not do right. Yeah, the,
1: the big mistake we made on that trip. Vegas was got to us. Vegas got to <laughs> us. We, you know, we had that we had that wind buffet before the Beatles show, and um, you know, we might have imbibed a little too much in the hotel room getting ready for dinner. And to this day we regret not really being able to have a good opinion on the wind buffet because we don't really remember whether it was good or not. <laughs> you know, we were kind of in a fog for the entire meal and I mean, you could have fed me anything at that point and I would have been like this is really good. Yeah. But afterwards, yeah. you know, we
2: We did regret that just a little bit. And now, to this but...
1: day we've never been back to the wind buffet and we really badly want to go. We wanted to go when they were serving it uh, you know, like small plates to your table and um We had reservations the weekend that they decided to shut that version of it down. So we decided to just cancel the reservation since the video, we were going to make a video about it. And that wasn't going to be worthwhile since they were going to close it the next next day. So we've never been back, but uh, that first trip was an awesome trip. And I think that really planted the seed for what we were going to do
0: later. I love that you have good feelings about the hotel that you stayed at on your first trip. I mean, the Monte Carlo, (laughs) Park MGM. You've got this great, wonderful experience, whereas us, Circus Circus, if I go there now and I leave, I just feel like I need a shower afterwards. Like, it's... (laughs) Shoes are sticky and I need a tetanus shot afterwards. <laughs> like it's just, it's such a, I'm, I'm happy that you guys had that, that positive experience because again, for us based on, again, not that anything terrible, awful happened. We had a, we, we ate some good meals. um, We saw Penn and Teller. I think we saw Blue Man Group mm-hmm. on that trip. My wife got pulled up with uh, Penn and Teller to help with a magic oh. trick. So, I mean, we had some very positive experiences, but just strictly based on Circus Circus, I'm kind of shocked that we ever went back, quite honest. Sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: um, this may be m- more information than necessary, but the first time I ever went to Vegas, I had booked Circus Circus. I was going to go with my brother, and uh, he'd been a couple of times, but he didn't have a ton of knowledge about Vegas. And it's one of those things, you know, you look it up and you see Las Vegas Boulevard as the address. So you think, oh, this is on the strip. It's cheap, looks fun. I had booked Circus Circus. And that's where we were going to stay until a friend of mine forwarded me an email from the MGM Grand. Now, this was 2009. So Vegas was reeling from the Great Recession, really badly reeling from the Great Recession. And the offer my buddy forwarded me from the MGM Grand was for room rate of $39 a night. And with that, you got two breakfast, two lunch, and two dinner buffets daily with your reservation. So my brother and I stayed in a, in a two-queen room at the MGM Grand, and we each got to eat the buffet for breakfast, lunch, and dinner all four days of our trip for a total, grand total of $40 per day, 20 bucks a piece. So that was my my true first trip to Vegas. And I thought, you know, this is awesome. I mean, I knew, you know, the the recession was going on. So I knew that it wasn't always that way. but That gave me a little bit of a taste for what, old Vegas was like, you know, with the cheap buffets and the cheap rooms and all that stuff. And uh, that obviously turned around a little bit later, but that was a, that was a pretty cool
0: experience to say the least. So I do want to talk about the vlog and the videos that you guys post. Um, As I mentioned earlier, I've watched several of them. I really enjoy them. Uh, You guys are doing a lot of the same stuff that, uh, my wife and I enjoy doing when we're in Vegas. So it's, we've gotten some pretty good ideas from some of the videos that you've posted. What was it that inspired you guys to start vlogging in the first place? So I think
1: a few years ago, we started watching some YouTube, some uh, Vegas YouTube videos. And this was back when it was a lot less crowded in the market. You know, there's a lot of Vegas vloggers out there today. If you go out on YouTube and search for anything in Las Vegas, you're going to get a couple dozen different, you know, bloggers that have made videos about it. But at the time there were very few and one of them was living in Las Vegas and they just did a lot of live streams. They just walk around and talk about the property and just walk through the casinos. And it was really cool for us because we didn't get to go as often as we would like. And you're watching it on a, you know, a big flat screen TV and you you just kind of feel like you're there. And we thought, you know, that would be a lot of fun to do. And there's no reason why we couldn't do that. Why don't we just give that a shot? And also, I think we thought, um, you know, if nobody else watches it, big deal. It's going to serve kind of as a scrapbook for ourselves. It's it's kind of just to preserve our own memories. We can watch those back. If nobody else wants to watch it, we'll want to watch it back in 20 years and, and and have those memories preserved. So it was almost as much that at the beginning.
2: Yeah, it was kind of more of a just a, you know, by no by no means did we think you know we were going to get a whole lot of followers at right. first that anybody was, was going to want to watch us yeah um it was just more kind of a passion thing i guess it was yeah. just you know for us
1: it's been a passion project from day one just a kind of a creative outlet to just just you know do more research on vegas and and inspire us to do different things things we haven't done before because we might be able to make a video out of it and um you know, we started on YouTube. We tried to start on YouTube and I realized just how tough it was to get anybody yeah. to watch your YouTube videos. I mean, if you don't already have some type of following elsewhere on social media, you can just forget about it. And so we kind of drove, that kind of drove us to Facebook and we created our Facebook page. And that grew. And, and that grew mostly yeah. with friends and family at the beginning. And then uh, after a few off. trips, it kind of took off a little bit and we got you know, we got up to a few thousand followers on there. And then that's when we turned our attention back to to YouTube, because at that point, YouTube had become a really big deal. And we still thought, you know, we can do that if we just really want to put in a little bit of work. And so we're still a, a big time work in progress. I like to watch. I like to go back to some of the big YouTubers and go back and look at their early stuff, because it makes me feel better <laughs> about our stuff and especially our early stuff, because you know, sometimes I'll watch some of our early videos and I'll be Cringe like, this worthy. is, yeah, it's <laughs> I'm like, but you know, I leave them out there. I don't take them down. I, I leave them out there. And I, hopefully people can kind of follow the trail and be like, okay, these are getting better. <laughs> now, sometimes I'll go back and look at one I made two months ago and I'll be like, oh, that's way better than what I'm making now. What do I, I gotta, I've got to figure out how to keep moving forward and not regress <laughs> and start making worse videos. But you know, it all comes down to, getting content while you're out there and that's the hardest thing is interrupting your vacation by constantly having a camera in your hand you know we can't we don't have the luxury of being able to go out there and stay for 10 days just because our schedules don't allow it so if we're there for three nights sometimes we feel like we're, we're kind of hurting our vacation because we're constantly trying to get that shot or that clip or you know whatever it might be that
2: experience
1: that experience and you know we don't want to ruin a great meal by trying to have a camera out and video ourselves the whole time. So that's a tough balance, but uh, you know, really just long story short, it really started as a passion project and um, it just kind of grew from there.
0: I love that it started as a passion project for you guys, because it was very similar for me with the podcast in that I had sort of become the de facto Vegas expert for my friends because of the number of trips that I was making down there. Um, I had it in the back of my head that I wanted to start a podcast, but I wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to do. And then as I got people asking me more and more about Las Vegas, I thought, okay, cool. Yeah, this could be a podcast. And if it's just me and a few of my friends that listen, that's, that's cool. Um, One of the things that I had some issues with was trying to sort of hammer out a niche for my podcast because in a similar world as as the vlogging world, there are dozens of other Vegas related podcasts out there. Now, for the most part, most of them are about gambling or partying. Um, very few are are sort of covering the bases and diving deep into stories and things like that. So that's kind of I would like to say that's kind of where I found my niche. Did you guys struggle to find a niche for your vlogs to something to set you apart from all of the other, um, the other Vegas vlogs that are out there?
1: Yeah, I would say it still is to this day. You know, I I don't think we still necessarily have a style, um, room tours and, and property walkthroughs are kind of what we like to do the most. I think, you know, food, um, food vlogs are hard. We we watch quite a few of those and those are difficult. To do, And so I think we're still trying to find that, you know, our, our little place in the uh, vlogging community, because we do live stream some, but we're not live streamers. We do food videos occasionally, but we're not food vloggers. So I think we
2: just kind of want to we just want to bring whatever we think is something that someone will enjoy or something that we think, you know, people would like to see to them. It's kind of just a something
1: that's going to be helpful. Yeah,
2: I mean, it's just something that's going to be helpful for people. Uh, who have you know whether it's their first time to Vegas or they've been to Vegas several times? We don't really have that that niche quite yet, and I think I don't know. I think that in itself maybe sets us apart just a little bit is that we don't have that. Is that we're all over the place? <laughs> we're all over the place.
0: <laughs> I must say, I find it kind of comforting to know that I'm not the only one that struggles with this whole idea of finding the balance between enjoying my vacation and coming up with content ideas while I'm there. Because I know from previous trips and previous years, when I was going down seven or eight times in a year, um, I was booking myself for three or four interviews while I was down for a three or four day period. And at the same time, trying to take notes for trip report episodes. And, and it was hard. Like it, it got to the point where those vacations didn't feel like vacations anymore. They felt like work trips. Like it it was almost risking not enjoying the trip to Vegas.
1: Yeah, absolutely. As a matter of fact, at the early stages of when we, we just had a Facebook page and we weren't really on YouTube yet. Um, I think I got in trouble a few times. I think I got told by my wife, you know, put the camera (laughs) down or let's just enjoy our vacation. Yeah. And I'm um, like, you—you you signed on for this, you know. We said we were going to do this.
2: I've been a lot better recently. We, we about said that. we were
1: going to do this. Yeah. It's just going to take me thirty seconds to get this whole <laughs> video clip. Just let me do it. Um, and she's gotten, a lot, she has gotten a lot better about that. As a matter <laughs> of fact, she's gotten to the point where, you know, our schedules are so tight, she has actually suggested a few times that I go out there by myself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just with a couple empty memory cards and the GoPro and just get a ton of content so that we always have something we can make a video out of whenever things start to dry up.
0: You touched on this a little bit earlier, and I'm glad that you mentioned it. Uh, For me personally, um, I found that doing the podcast and knowing that I'm going to want to be creating content and doing trip reports has really kind of forced me to step out of my comfort zone in that when you're traveling to the same city over and over again, it's easy to fall into the rut of staying at the same hotels, eating at the same restaurants, drinking at the same bars. It's really kind of forced me to search out new experiences and new things to do. Has it done that for you guys? Have you sort of been forced to step out of your comfort zone with with doing these vlogs?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. We um, Number one, we're not very... Um, Neither one of us have ever been very comfortable on camera. So this was a weird choice of a project to do, you know, a passion project to get in front of the camera. So number one, just doing that has caused us to really get outside our comfort zone. As far as the other is concerned, one of our kind of the hallmarks of our Vegas trips has always been that we always do something new. Mm -hmm. We eat somewhere different, maybe two really good restaurants that we've never been to before on every single trip. And that's just kind of been our policy ever since we started going because we didn't want the trips to feel the same. And so that part has been pretty easy. But the the real stepping outside your comfort zone part has been getting in front of the camera and just knowing you're going to fail on nine takes out of 10. And then, you know, you know you can throw those, you can throw those all away, get that one take. Even if it's just halfway decent, people aren't going to notice necessarily unless it's just really bad.
2: In fact, Jordan and I were before we came on, we were actually <laughs> He, not me, I'm not going to take any credit in this. He has kind of kept inventory or track of every restaurant we've ever eaten at. Um, And I think we've eaten at more than 60 different restaurants in our trips. And that's not including the buffets that we've been to. Um, I think we've seen every Cirque show besides one, which is Ka. Yeah, plus some that have been out. So Right. And so, um, anyway, it, it is... You know, and we've got all different kinds of, of restaurants we've been to, but we never try to make the trip the same. We always try to do something, something different each trip, whether it be the hotel, the restaurant, something along those lines. And this
1: definitely keeps us moving in that direction. You know, mm-hmm. we're not going to go back to a place we've made a video about because you know, unless it was just the best meal you've ever had in your <laughs> life, we're going to move on and try to find something different. So this definitely has has pushed us to keep trying new things for sure.
0: You guys are up now. 3,500 plus subscribers, 200,000 plus total views. Um, When you reach a certain level of subscribers and views when you're on YouTube, you start to maybe garner a little bit of attention for yourselves. Sometimes the offers start coming your way for unique experiences. Has any of that started to happen for you guys yet? Have you had anybody reaching out saying, hey, come and see this and do a review on it or come stay here, do a review on it? Anything like that started to happen for you guys?
1: There have been a couple, I think probably the most rewarding thing that ever came out of it was being recognized the first time.
2: <laughs> so, um, Jordan and I, we were setting, uh, this has been what over a little bit as a year and a half ago, a year ago. Uh, all I know is it was 113 degrees in September out in <laughs> Vegas. And, um, it was like a record day. And that day we decided to go to the Mirage and go to the dolphin habitat for whatever reason. And so we're sitting outside. Um, honestly, I had a table underneath an umbrella just baking, whether it's in the shade or not. It's, it's hot. And all of a sudden, a couple came up and they said, there you are. And we kind of we, we looked, looked at, at each other. other. And I'm like, um, I, I think you're mistaken. I think you've got the wrong people. And I'm like, no, no, no. You guys just did, ended your live. We've been trying to find you guys since you started your live. Never once it occurred on to either of us <laughs> that someone would recognize us. In fact, like I said, we almost made us ourselves look like a fool because we both yeah. looked at each other and were like, I, oh, yeah. I think you're mistaken. It you was almost like person. stranger <laughs>
1: dangerous. Like, who, wait, who are you? They'd been watching our live stream and they'd actually been kind of following all the places we'd been trying to run into us. Mm-hmm. When the guy says, oh, there they are. And we're like...
2: We just kind of looked and, excuse me yeah
1: but uh so that that was a cool moment we have you know we haven't gotten a lot of attention yet um from anybody as far as the hotels are concerned except for the one uh video that we did make we have one video out there on our channel that's been our, our most popular by far and it was at aria we had a bad experience at aria this summer and that had always been our favorite hotel. So never in our wildest dreams did we think we were going to have to we were going to make a negative video about a hotel that was never our intent. Our intent was just to prevent to to present a you know a uh, an authentic experience. And that one left a sour taste in our mouths. And so we did make that video. And for whatever reason, it triggered the YouTube algorithm, <laughs> and it it, it took it, off. <laughs> for us, it went viral. And that did attract the attention of uh, of Aria. We we were contacted by an executive there, and so that was nice to at least be recognized. No matter how I guess it it, it has to be done, but they did make that right for us, and we intend to make a follow up video to that and, and let everybody know that yes, they did they did reach what out was, to us, right? And and they made it right in our eyes. And I think it was I mean it, it felt like a genuine um, a genuine attempt even if it did take a youtube video to get that. So that was pretty neat. We did meet with the uh, executive from Aria there on our next trip and he apologized in person and then he he gave us a tour of the sky suites at Aria. He took the us, renovated
2: ones. He took right. us
1: on a tour of one of the sky villas there just to give us, you know, kind of a fun experience and that was a really neat deal but um
0: and yeah. I'll just
2: give a little bit away when we were at the villa um we were, it was kind of an awkward thing, you know, we we're you know, here's Jordan and I, and, um, you know, the, here's one of the executives at ARIA and then he's got, uh, you know, an assistant with him. And so it was kind of this weird, um, awkwardness. So I, I felt the need or compelled to talk with this executive as, as Jordan was trying to film, um, cause he'd let us film as, as we were going through. And, um, you know, when we were in the villa, which was absolutely ridiculous, um, I, I just kind of asked him, I said, so what does it take to kind of to get this to room. get this room? I mean, you know, he's like, well, it's not you know, we don't we don't necessarily ever advertise it. you can't, you know, buy the room. I'm like, well, I mean, I realize that. So either you have to be kind of a a, a celebrity or you have to have a gambling budget of at least a half a million dollars to even be considered to this villa. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I'm like, well, I'll never see. I'll never be in this again. So we better get all the pictures that we can.
0: No kidding. Um, I'll be sure to post a link to that video, your guys' ARIA video, uh, in the show notes so that people can get an idea of exactly what the experience was that you had um, at ARIA. I watched that video and I I have to admit I was completely shocked um, by the condition of the room and the condition of the hotel. But as I say, I'll post a link to the video in the show notes so people can see it for themselves. Um, What is it you guys enjoy doing most? when you're in las vegas i mean for me i'm a food guy i'm a show guy those are my top two i enjoy just kind of wandering around walking the strip doing some people watching what is it for you guys is it gambling is it shows is it shopping is it eating is it drinking is it all of the above
2: i i think it's pretty much all the above for us honestly um we like to experience it in all different ways, including, like you said, restaurant shows just walking up and down the strip, people watching. I mean, you're gonna get some of the best people watching that you've ever seen in Vegas. Um, I, I and we you know, we do gamble. I feel like each trip that we go, we tend to gamble less, um, less, and less all the time. Um, but I mean if and if if you ever watch any of our videos or live streams, you'll know that we' never win. So I think that's probably.
1: If anybody ever runs up, <laughs> runs into us in a casino, stay away. <laughs> we touch, if we touch a slot machine, it It'll turns to ice.
2: ice. <laughs>
1: um, so we, we tend to gamble less and less all the time. But yeah, food is a big deal for yeah. us. Um, we, we, like I said earlier, we always try at least one or two new nice restaurants. We always have to have at least one splurge meal at a really nice restaurant and then try out a couple of mid-range places that we haven't been before as well. We rarely repeat a restaurant unless we just absolutely love it. And, um, but yeah, people watching, strolling the strip, if we don't at least stroll the strip for four to six hours one day, at least once on a trip, we feel like we've really missed out. So we love to do that. So really it's just kind of a, I think kind of a, a combination of everything Vegas has to offer that, that we do, including gambling, everything up and to shop we don't do we don't shop because yeah. uh vegas more or less is the three thousand dollar handbags and the you know that that sort of thing And that's not in our wheelhouse and uh, so we don't we don't shop but we do pretty much everything else there is to do in vegas
0: whenever i have other content creators or other frequent vegas visitors on the podcast i always kind of like to ask them about their favorites um we all have favorites when it comes to places like hotels and restaurants particularly so i thought it might kind of be interesting to get your guys take on your favorites and your picks um and i thought maybe we could break it down into three categories we could do uh, high-end mid-range and budget so why don't we get started with hotels what are your guys picks for hotels
1: yeah we kind of collaborated on this and (laughs) and came up with what we think we'll start with the high end if money were no object and we didn't have a budget for a hotel we would stay at at the win or the encore every time we had our uh, opportunity to stay at encore this summer for the first time and Uh everything about that stay was perfect the room was in impeccable shape. The service was amazing. Obviously, the atmosphere there—a lot of people will say it's pretentious, but it, it's nice, obviously. And you know, they don't put up with anything less. They showed that, you know, when the when the city reopened from COVID. So, uh, I think the win to us, I think, is the gold standard for hotels in Vegas. If money is no object, that's where we would stay. From a mid-range standpoint. I think the Mirage is a good, is a good pick. Now I know the rooms are getting a little bit dated at the Mirage and and recently MGM resorts said that they were going to sell the, uh, you know, the operating rights to the, to the hotel probably because they don't want to put that much more money into it, but it's still perfectly located. It's got probably the best vibe or one of the best vibes in Vegas. It's got a great great pool. pool. It's got, it's got affordable dining and you can walk to anywhere from the Mirage. So from a mid-range standpoint, I would recommend the Mirage to somebody. And then the budget one was kind of difficult for us. We're, we're M life players. If you watch our channel or follow our Facebook page, you see that. We don't have a ton of experience with the Caesars property. So that takes some of those budget places kind of out of our wheelhouse. We don't know a lot about them other than just walking through Um, but I would even I would even put Park MGM in one in that budget category. No, it's not as cheap as Luxor or Excalibur, but for what you get there, I think it's a really good value. Well,
2: and just the location, I think, too. And it's a better
1: location than say Luxor and Excalibur. Um, and it it is quite a bit cheaper than say, you know, uh it's it's cheaper than even MGM Grand or Mirage. So I don't know if it's a true budget hotel, but it is a good value. So I I would put that one in that category if I were looking for an affordable place to stay.
0: I can't disagree with any of those. Uh, I've stayed at park MGM several times and I've always actually kind of been blown away by, as you say, you don't think of it as a budget property because it doesn't look like not to take anything away from Flamingo or link, which I've stayed at Flamingo tons of times. um, But it's, as you say, for value-wise, I mean, I've had probably more comp rooms from Park MGM than I have from any other property that I've stayed out mm-hmm. on the Strip. I've paid as little as $35 a night to stay at Park MGM for a Sunday to Wednesday stay. I've had some great stays from there, even earning comps off of the My Vegas app. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, I can't disagree with you guys on, on any of those. And, and I've stayed at the Mirage numerous times as well. And uh, have had amazing experiences, as you say. I mean, the it's got a great vibe. It's a great location. I love the Center Bar at the Mirage. Center yeah. Bar at Mirage is such a great place to just kind of um, hang out and people watch. It's in such a great location. You get all those people that are coming out of Beatles Love at the end of the show or going in, and you kind of get a, a good cross-section of people at the bar. And And unfortunately, I have never stayed at Wynn, but it is on my bucket list <laughs> at some point to stay there.
1: Yeah, I will say when we stayed there, we did that through the Win Slots app. And uh, you you do have to spend money on the Win Slots app in order to be able to book a room. But those two nights, because I actually hit a hot streak on the Win Slots app and earned the gems to, uh, or whatever they are in that game, to uh, book that room, those two nights cost us $200 all in. We didn't have to pay the resort fee. If you book through that app, you don't have to pay the resort fee. You can opt out of it. So I spent $200 in the win slots game to be able to book those two nights. And uh, that was the all-in cost was $200 for those two nights.
2: And we actually stayed at Encore. We
1: booked Um, it at Wynn, but they upgraded us because they didn't have the standard room available. We checked in late at night. So they upgraded us to an Encore suite and it was was just off the charts. It was it was
2: amazing. And I think as far as the Mirage, what's the most notable thing for me, for whatever reason, walking into that property... It has that, um, the scent. For whatever reason, uh, Mirage, it just smells like the Mirage. When you walk in, you immediately know you're there. I don't know. That's just one of those those resorts that I always, it, it's super noticeable. Um, and as far as Park MGM, like I said, it, it's the old Monte Carlo, so it kind of holds a special place in our heart. But I do feel like as far as, you know, budget-wise, it's got a, a lot of, you know, some restaurants in there that... Um, cater to, you know, upscale all the way, you know, down to uh, more budget friendly. And so I think it's just a really good option for a lot of people.
0: It's funny that you mentioned the Mirage scent. i I haven't been there in two years, and I'm smelling it right now, like scent memory, <laughs> yeah. right? Like I can just yeah. I don't even no. know how to describe it other than, as you say. that's. That's the Mirage scent.
2: It's its scent. I don't know. I, for whatever reason.
0: It's really creepy when you're walking through the office at work and you, somebody's wearing perfume or cologne yeah. and you want to walk up to them and go, you smell like the Mirage or you smell like Caesar's <laughs> Palace. And then all of a sudden you're getting visited by HR. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, what about for restaurants? I mean, I know again, for me, that's one of the more important things. When I go to Vegas, I love being able to go out and have a good meal somewhere and have a really good dining experience. Um, I have my own personal favorites, but again, I'd kind of like to hear your guys' favorites. And, and if we can, um, break it down into that high end mid range budget friendly category. All right, we've got a hard time narrowing.
1: We had a really hard time narrowing it down. <laughs>
2: we've been to a lot of places.
0: I, I was going to gonna say sixty plus restaurants. I, I mean, that's tough to to narrow it down is. to favorites. We love to eat and we like to splurge
1: on food, so it's really hard to to decide what is high end, what's mid range, what's budget. You know, I, we threw out obviously all the fast food and the chain stuff. You know, I, I don't. We don't eat at those types of places. That's just not how we do Vegas. We don't eat at a place that we can eat at at home. We 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 got to try something that's Vegas specific, or at least not that Missouri we get specific.
2: Here, right. right.
1: Um, to me, the best experience we ever had at a restaurant in Vegas was at the Mayfair Supper Club at Bellagio. From a food standpoint, it was it was really good, but from an experience standpoint, it was absolutely phenomenal. And it is not cheap. It's it's an expensive restaurant, but when you consider you're getting the entertainment as well as a really good meal to me, if I were going to um, recommend a place, if I had a friend saying I'm going to go one place for a special occasion in Vegas of the places I've been, that's the one I would recommend. Now she probably has a, a different restaurant that, that she would recommend from a high end standpoint.
2: I mean, I, I, I love the Mayfair because it did give you the full experience, the show, all of that. Um, and gosh dang it, it was so hard to try to narrow these down but uh, the more you know a couple more high end places that I just kind of want to mention are uh, Barrys Downtown Prime at Circa um I thought was excellent um just the atmosphere the food was fantastic I I and I still think like Oscar's um at the Plaza Downtown I love that old school Vegas vibe um that's kind of where it's at for me you know, like Golden Steer, all of that. That's to me kind of just a full experience. Um, and
1: then places that are more budget friendly. One of our favorite places to hang out in Vegas is Tom's Urban at New York, New York. We love that place. The food is, you know, it, it's it's, it's fair. It's, it's above average, but the atmosphere there with the outdoor seating right there on the strip, you can sit indoors or outdoors. They've got really, they've got a good uh, happy hour there. Yep. And then you can eat breakfast, lunch, or dinner there, and you're going to have pretty good food at a at, at a Vegas value. I shouldn't say a value; it's still going to be more expensive than you're going to get in Springfield, Missouri. Or,
2: but I also you know, feel like there the portions are bigger. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, Tom's Urban, and then another one where we keep going back to Park MGM. But La La Noodle at Park MGM is a place that we love. And of course, you have to you have to like Asian fare. Uh, but I absolutely love Asian food and noodles specifically. Lava noodle is a place that we do go back to over and over again, Mm -hmm. because I think two people can, can eat dinner in there and, you know, drinks not included, two people can come out of there for 50 or $60. And to me in Vegas, that's a, that's a budget meal, unless you want to talk about food courts and all that stuff. I mean, you can obviously eat cheap if you want to eat cheap, but to me, that's a Vegas value, a place like that, you know, 50 to $75 for two to get out of there, out the door. So those are some, we have, like I mentioned with 60 plus restaurants and all the buffets, we love the buffets too. And, um, you know, it's kind of sad to see some of those are probably not coming back. Aria's buffet was always one of our favorites and we'd heard the rumors. And then we asked our, uh, our contact there about that. And, we don't get the feeling that Aria's buffet is ever mm-hmm. going to come back, and and several of them probably aren't. And so we kind of regret that the buffet is—I don't—I don't want to say dying, but it's it's really dwindled lately in Vegas. Because I, personally, I think those are some of the best value. A lot right. of people complain about the cost of a buffet, but when you consider that you can try five different types of food and all you can eat it's cheaper than a sit-down restaurant to get, you know, it's, it's basically the same price as paying for a uh, two entrees at a restaurant and you can eat 10 different types of food and as much as you want. So the buffet uh, is, has always been one of our favorites as well.
0: I think it really depends on the buffet as well, as far as value and, and price and such a couple of years ago, uh, it was actually on the the last trip my wife and I did together in 2019 in December. Um, I was diamond with Caesar's, so I had the $100 celebration dinner thing. And we used it to go to uh, Bacchanal Buffet at Caesar's. And it was good, and the food was all right, But in all honesty, if I didn't have that $100 credit at the time that we went, it was $50 a person. So out of pocket, it maybe cost me 20 bucks for the two of us to go. But if I didn't have that, I don't think I would have paid the $50 a person. And now that it's up to, I don't even think it's $75. 75. 75. (laughs) I definitely wouldn't be paying $75 a person. And I, and I get I get what you're saying about that ability to be able to try a lot of different things and such, but for 75 bucks a person, I think I would honestly rather go to Golden Steer Mm -hmm. and have that. Steakhouse experience and yeah. oh, absolutely, and yeah, it's going to cost you more than $75 a person in the long run by the time you buy drinks and, and your sides or whatever. But I still feel like it's a better experience for the money you're spending.
1: Definitely agree with you on that. And, and you mentioned Bacchanal, we ate there for the first time this fall post COVID, and I think we paid it was about $75 a person. Yeah. And we were underwhelmed, Yeah, you know, uh, and we're, we're buffet fans. I love crab legs. That's the biggest draw for me is to be able to eat unlimited crab legs and seafood just in general. And, and Bacchanal was, it was underwhelmed We, got, we, got, yeah, a little, like we got a
2: little heat from that because I feel like a lot of people, for whatever reason, the Bacchanal is their thing. And, um, we were a little, we were just, we kind of underwhelmed. I think Underwhelmed
1: um, is the right word. It yeah. just, it just didn't seem worth that price. Now, you know, for some people it still might be, but it wasn't our cup of tea. Mm-hmm.
0: Frequent Vegas visitors always seem to have some sort of tip or trick that they like to share with people who ask them for advice when they're going to Vegas. For example, uh, me, one of the pieces I like to share with people is nothing is as close as it looks. That casino or resort that you want to go see might look like it's just down the block, but after you've been walking for 40 minutes, you're going to wish you took a cab or a bus. Um, Do you have anything like that that you like to share with people who ask you for advice?
1: One thing we absolutely always do is make a plan. You know, I know there's a lot of people who say, don't have an itinerary when you go to Vegas. You don't want to be constrained by an itinerary. And that's fine. I get what they're saying, but we always make an itinerary and it's loose, but we make a, we've got a spreadsheet, literally have a spreadsheet that we just add a new tab to for every trip that we go to. And we slot in those things that we absolutely want to do on this trip so that we don't miss them. You know, we, we make dinner reservations. That's another one is to make reservations. reservations. If there's a place you absolutely want to eat at, make a reservation there. And if you make this itinerary framework, You don't have to follow it. Just build in a lot of free time. You don't have to follow it strictly, but at least have that stuff that you don't want to miss because otherwise time is going to get away from you. You're going to be walking down the strip. Who knows how many drinks deep perhaps. And you're going to forget, Hey, I was going to do this today. And then suddenly you're flying home. And you're like, I forgot to do, I forgot to go there. I forgot to do this. So we plan, we do a ton of research and it's not just because we're trying to make you know, vlogs, it's because we don't want to miss those things that we've been looking forward to. We want to have a a plan, just an overall plan. Well,
2: I think it helps for, for everybody. Honestly. Um, it gives you a little break from say gambling. It gives you a plan besides just sitting in the casino and gambling. Um, because I, I think, regardless, you need, you know, I, for us, we always need a little bit of a break, a little bit of a reprieve. Because while well, we lose, but um, you're gonna hit a cold streak, <laughs> you're gonna need something. But else um, to do. it gives you something else to do while you're out there. So that's why I, I we always will um, make a spreadsheet, and honestly, it kind of is a good idea because it keeps track of, and that's why we can tell where exactly we've always eaten. Uh, So it just kind of recounts all your trips, honestly, a little bit. Um,
1: And the other one, this one, everybody says this, but I think people don't follow it well enough and that's to pack accordingly. And I'm looking at her as I say this right now, (laughs) we've been 20 times together and she still does not bring sensible footwear. Uh, I mean, that is Vegas 101 right there is to bring good footwear because you're going to walk and walk and walk. And she,
2: I have without
1: fail winds <laughs> up just covered in blisters and and still has just fancy shoes in the bag. Or injury. Or she's injured, yeah. Just plan accordingly and <laughs> pack accordingly. Uh
2: another thing I will say is that it is dry it's a dry um you know it's it's a desert. It's dry out there. You know, here in Missouri it's it's humid. So we're not used to the dry climate and one thing that I Always pack, and I if I don't, I wish I do I don't have to buy it there every single time. Is chapstick. I'm telling you, chapstick, bring it.
0: <laughs> Excellent advice. Um, guys, if people want to find you online, interact with you, watch your videos, um, you guys are on all the major social media platforms. How do people reach out and find you?
1: Yeah, the easiest way is going to be on Facebook. That's where we really started, and it's at show me Vegas Mo. That's M O for Missouri. So that's that's the easiest place to find us. And then on YouTube, just type in the search bar, show me Vegas, and you're going to find our channel there. I think we've got enough of a following now that it's going to be one of the first hits, if not the first hit, if you search that on YouTube. So show me Vegas, YouTube and Facebook. We are on Instagram, but it's so hard to juggle so many different social media platforms. We don't do a whole lot with Instagram or Twitter. We've, we've got accounts, but I wouldn't lead somebody to them just because we don't utilize them very much. Facebook is where we do primarily all of our usual posts and then all of our videos go out there to YouTube. So,
0: Excellent. Jordan, Ashton, thank you once again for taking time to uh, to jump on and uh, chat with me today. Really do appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun getting to know you guys and getting all your Vegas advice and your tips and tricks and your favorite spots around the city. And uh, very, very much looking forward to uh, watching more of your videos. Best of luck to you guys. You bet. Thank Thank you. you once again if you want to check out jordan and ashton's videos you can find them at show me on youtube also be sure to follow them on facebook at show me vegas mo and of course you'll be able to find these links in the show notes at jeffdoesvegas.com That wraps up another episode of the Jeff Does Vegas podcast. If you've got feedback on this episode of the show, or any other episode for that matter, or you've got suggestions and ideas for topics you'd like me to cover on the podcast, please feel free to reach out to me via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Jeff Does Vegas, Or drop me an email directly at jeff at jeffdoesvegas.com. In the meantime, thank you so much for checking out the show. Be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts so you'll know the moment new episodes are available. And don't forget to visit jeffdoesvegas.com for past episodes and show notes. The Jeff Does Vegas Podcast is a Walker New Media production.